I don't think I have any more tears left in my body. They're all gone. His ass is lying. His ass is lying. You want me to start crying right now? Right. No, don't don't cry. Don't I'll cry. probably cry later in the episode. It'll be I okay. feel it coming. Speaking of people crying incessantly, welcome to Film Explorers. Um, that's us. That's us. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I got it. <laughs> See, that's the good bit. It's a stupid bit. It's awful. <laughs> it's so good. No. Fuck. Um, what the fuck am I supposed to talk about at the beginning of this episode? What have we watched this week? That's what we're supposed to talk about. We're talking about past lives this week, by the way. It's my pick for comfort. Comfort movies month. Comfort November. Comfember, whatever the fuck we're talking. Don't feel ashamed, Josh. You named it. I think Jackson named it. I don't think it was. I did name it. Comfember. I did it. I think I might have accidentally said it, and then you guys ran with it. Um, Comfember. But yeah, that's uh, that's later in the episode. So get your tissues ready. But before that, uh, we have quite the list of new releases that we got to talk about first. Yes, we do. Like, this ended up being like, we saw what? One, two, three, four, four major new releases this week? Me and Joey did, Not at least. Either. I think Jackson yeah. saw zero. <laughs> I saw one movie this week, and it was Blade Trinity. Okay, let's get the Blade Trinity talk done. Let's let's go for that yeah. first, then. I want to know so, all of your details on Blade Trinity. I love Blade 1. Yeah. I like Blade 2. I dislike Blade Trinity. It's bad. So you know how... So I usually like when Ryan Reynolds does his little funny bit in movies. I find I find that hilarious usually. Um, I just like Ryan Reynolds. Um... He is the worst part of Blade Trinity. Are we shocked None by of... this? I am. I, I like him that. usually. Jackson, do you like X-Men Origins Wolverine? This is an important no. question. No? no? Okay. Do you like him in it? I think it's... No, he doesn't... Okay. Oh, never mind. He does talk in the beginning. No. Um, I think he's whatever in, in that movie. Um, Hugh Jackman ass. Isn't it like a CGI ass, though? Isn't like I have no idea. I, I need to know more details about this CGI ass, though. He jumps off a waterfall. Naked. Okay, I, I might have to watch this ass. movie. Might have to watch it this. Does. CGI ass has me intrigued. Um, Blade Trinity gotta be... And I haven't seen this movie. There's like a good shot this is one of the worst comic book movies ever made. From what I'm hearing. No. no it like, seems like a nightmare. It is... Because the mm, actually, mm, like what's good? Because of all the stuff that that went on behind the scenes too, yeah. and all the issues with Snipes in that movie. It just I I don't see a world where this is anywhere near good. It's no, it's, it's terrible. not good. What'd you give it, Jackson? Um, what did you give it? I gave it a two. No, it's not like the most miserable thing I've ever seen. It's, it's yeah. not like a Fantastic Four 2014 or whenever that movie came out. 2015, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. The one with Miles Teller. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. Everyone hates that movie. But um, 
Yeah. Probably probably fucking sucks. Yeah, but yeah, Blade Trinity took all the things. So Blade One had uh its originality and nineties to it. And then Blade mm-hmm. Two started to have like that early two thousand stuff with yeah. still a lot of fun stuff from Blade Blade One. Um Del Toro did it he did a pretty good job mm-hmm. in Blade Two. And then this one it's just they took the worst parts of both of those Blade movies and threw it together to make Blade Trinity. And then yeah, added Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. <clears throat> Do you want to know a fun fact? What? About Blade Trinity. What? So the director, David S. Goyer. Yeah. Um, you. Co-wrote Blade. Also co-wrote Blade 2. Yeah. Also was a writer on uh, Hellraiser. Ghost okay. Rider. Ghost Rider uh, makes sense. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah, these Hell all make Razor sense. Hellraiser or Hellboy? Hellraiser. Hellraiser. OG. That's wild. Yeah. Or the remake. No, 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 no. 2022. Um, okay. The remake. And then Man of Steel. Batman Man v of Steel Superman. does not make sense. Those do not make sense for him. Yeah. Well, you know what makes even less sense? What? Batman Begins the Dark Knight. And uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Ba ba ba. <laughs> Dude, Wild. Jackson, how does that make you feel? Did he co-write this one, or did he co-write the rest of them? Because these he are... co-wrote them all. Okay. Well, I don't. I, he may have only been he. He may have been the sole writer on this. I'm not sure. I haven't checked. Okay. No, oh, because... he he is the sole writer. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't the sole writer of any of those Batman movies. Because you can hardly feel that there's nothing. There's like no similarities. Yeah, I just wanted to get some nitpicks in there for Nolan. I just thought it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Right, angry. Before we get into the massive slate of new releases that we have to talk about, um, I really quick want to talk about something that I watched um, that was just burning a hole in my watch list and I needed the right time to watch it. And I had this, I had like a massive exam last week and then like I got a hundred on that exam and I was like, hell yeah. Now I'm in the mood to watch something emotionally devastating, um, (laughs) which is uh, how my brain works. So I finally popped in Grave of the Fireflies. Mm. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, it's, like, legitimately kind of life-changing shit. Yeah. Um, We're going to be talking about a lot of life-changing shit in this movie, or in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, how does someone make this movie? How does this happen? This is a perfect movie. And the fact that this person also made Kaguya... Yeah. Which is also perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Takahata god. does not miss, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane that my... Now, so yeah. We'll be talking my, about it again next week. I guess so. My top two Ghibli movies are both Takahata movies. Mm, wow. Like, it's these two, and then it's and then it's Spirited Away. Yeah. So, that's interesting. Is Grave of the Fireflies, like, your favorite Ghibli now? No, I think Princess Kaguya has got it beat by a little bit. Um, Okay, I haven't seen it. It's fair. Grave of the Fireflies, 
the only this is not a negative at all for Grave of the Fireflies because I think that movie is legitimately perfect. But mm-hmm. um, the things that Kaguya does with its art style are just like far okay. and away some of the greatest things I've ever seen on film. And I think it's yeah, uh, Grave of the Fireflies emotionally hits that point, but never artistically for me. I would agree so, with you there. Yeah. Um, Joey, anything you want to talk about before we do our rundown? Um, yeah, there, there was a contender for my top 25 list before I mm. release it to the world. And it was Paul Schrader's first reformed. I've already got one Paul mm. Schrader in there with, um, what's your other one? Um, Mishima. Oh, why can I not? Oh, you have Mishima in there. Name. Yeah. Mishima. Golly. Yeah. I couldn't remember I that. It. Mishima. Hashtag what a picture. But yeah. First Reformed hit crazy hard when we watched it the first time because we watched it together, Josh. Mm -hmm. But there was a piece missing then. And to keep it quick and simple, there's a piece missing now still. And I, I, it's not like I'm giving up. I wrote a review on it and just said, I'm going to need a third watch. Yeah. And I'm not really resenting a third watch. It feels like a movie that's important to me and is kind of meant for me to really dive into almost like the subject material that that's that's in it and you have to dive into that but yeah just just a little dense yeah i'd say it's really nice to sink your teeth into that movie but also i'm with you with the i can't tell what's missing but something's missing with Uh that movie for me i love it though i'll glad the way that i explained it the way that i explained it to you um over the weekend is at some point, like I'm, I'm with it, I'm with it. But at some point in the second act, it, mm-hmm. I miss something and it just leaves me behind. Yeah. But I'm excited to figure out what, 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 what I'm missing. On the next watch. Yeah. That floating scene. Oh. God. Cinema. 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 Paul Schrader. Yes. I think about that scene on a daily basis. I. Wow. I am now too insane scene um okay so we have four i'll say four new releases that we gotta get to um not gotta get to but i want to talk about these movies um let's go in order we gotta get on the order that we watched them um yes uh so i'll let's start with priscilla yep um do you want do you want me to go or you I'll, I'll let you kind of take this one mainly. We caught it last Thursday uh, yeah. in theaters on a double feature with a movie we're going to talk about in a second. Um, yeah, I'll let you what take a this double one. feature. Um, yeah, we sit down for Priscilla and, you know, not going to do any spoilers because Jackson hasn't seen it. But um, the moment that I knew that I was in was when it opens without Elvis music. And... Mm-hmm. It is, it is a major theme that it's not really ever going to take the side of Elvis. Obviously, it's Priscilla. It's about yeah. um, mm-hmm. some of the shitty stuff that Elvis did. But, I mean, it's just... Sofia Coppola is giving her all directing-wise, but I think the script shines even more than that. And then you also have Kaylee Spaney and Jacob Elordi. They're I don't know. Great. I see so many people... Yes, I see so many people saying that um, a Lordy sounds unenthusiastic or like he doesn't care. And I, I feel like people are missing 
the point. This is yeah. Elvis in his home. This is not it's Elvis private out life. on the road. The movie's yeah, this about is him the private lives. Out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, absolutely love when uh, when people deserve to have their shittiness shown on screen, and like sometimes, like like with Blonde, Andrew Dominique, uh, Andrew Dominique shouldn't have made that movie. It was a shitty movie. Um, but the shittiness in Elvis's life needs to be shown, and. For sure. It's, I don't think that people need to stop listening to Elvis music or whatever, but people need to know um, how shitty he was as a person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. It shines a light on that in a really interesting way. It like in a way that's very like just really subtle and really, yes, I don't know, really heartfelt and really loving toward Priscilla. Uh-huh. And it's not like the movie isn't let's shit on Elvis for two hours. Exactly. It's yeah. let's get in Priscilla's head and see how she felt for two hours. Yep. And that's why mm-hmm. it works. It's it's never just really jab. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It's never just throwing haymakers or, or stabbing. Um, and I think that's that Sofia Coppola touch. I mean, she really yeah. just she kills it. I gave yeah. this a four and a half and a heart. Uh, I know you. I gave it a three and a half and a heart, but yeah. I, I also really did like it. I was a big fan. Um, it's my third favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we went and watched the Marvels. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, quite the mm. the back to back there. Um, I'll t- I'll. Mm. Mm. It's going to be very <laughs> weird for me to say this. I liked this movie. Uh, and Joey hated it, but like I I hated it. I am not used to being a defender on any Marvel movie. I'm not used to it. But I went into this fully expecting to be a little bit pleasantly surprised because of all the shit talking that it was getting because that's what happens when it's a Marvel movie directed by a woman. That's just kind of, that's what happens. And I mean, that's also just what's happened with anything surrounding the character of Captain Marvel and who, yeah. Yeah. I mean like the original Captain Marvel is not a good movie. Yeah. Got a lot of bad press because of a bunch of incels on Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Eternals comes out and it gets a lot of bad press because Chloe Zhao directs that movie. And I think Marvel it was more because don't like it. I think no it was reason. more because Eternals was just different from the rest of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. But that's a whole different conversation for yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then this comes out, and people immediately jump on Nia DaCosta for uh, literally no reason, um, even before the movie comes out. So I was like, okay, yeah. I guess I'll go into this open mind, open heart, and I liked it. I had fun. It's cute. Iman Vellani is phenomenal. And even though Joey did not like the movie, you can admit that she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, my review states, uh, one must imagine Iman Vellani as <laughs> Sisyphus <laughs> <laughs> carrying this fucking movie. It's, and Dude, then it just keeps really... fucking rolling back on her. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh my yeah. God. 
The it's, only reason that I'm eventually going to watch this movie is because of Iman Vellani. And she yeah. is really good. Um, I love Miss Marvel. It's one of my favorite of these MCU shows, and I, she's just as good. Um, there's a couple moments in here that I like. There's a, a, a couple moments that are just goofy and silly, and I like the goofy silliness. Um, it feels not as self-serious as a lot of the other MCU stuff that's been bothering me. Stuff like fucking Secret Invasion, which is awful. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's but like if Quantum Ant-Man Mania was and so Quantum Mania was awful. It was so goofy, silly. But Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. It's holy shit, he looks like broccoli. Jackson, 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 Jackson. What? This has the similar humor. I don't think it has similar <laughs> humor. It's literally Rick and Morty season six, Jackson. Holy shit. He looks Jackson. like he looks Jackson, like corn. The cat's funny. Holy shit, he looks like corn. Jack, Jackson, the cat's funny. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson, the cat. Jackson, they don't double down on it in this movie. The cat bit. They don't triple down on it this in this movie. They no one hundred billion down on it in this movie. I'm not kidding. It's in Bruh. one scene, Bruh. The cats How are many not cats? In much of the scene. There's a lot of them. How many cats only are in scene. that one scene? <laughs> and that's a good scene i like that scene that scene that's is not the worst scene but oh it is so rick and that Morty does theme sound park. like that does sound like quantum mania humor right there josh not even gonna lie it's better than quantum mania humor because it, I, it feels like there is an actual like intent to be cute and funny behind it whereas ant-man feels legitimately just random this feels in universe a little more like the broccoli yeah. thing is just dumb you wouldn't get this it. is Your dumb use too cute. low joey <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> yeah so it's exactly there's, like rick and morty there's a a subplot about like dancing and singing um mm-hmm. on one of the planets that i actually really liked that was something that i i thought they have some fun costumes that they use there and they have some fun with it but uh it's not i like the idea i just thought it was cute yeah i like the idea the execution yeah. was a little weird especially from what happens after but i like the idea yeah I, I don't know. It's it's nothing great. I liked it more than most Marvel stuff, I would say. Um, but I know most people probably aren't. It made like the lowest box office returns of any MCU movie in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think people are burying the lead a little bit with it because even then it's still the highest grossing opening weekend of any black female director ever which is incredible and i think people need to talk about that a little more um that is awesome so credit where credit's due i liked it yeah it's a movie that came out no yeah can confirm um it can be summed up in my in my following comments after the credits rolled uh wow priscilla was so good yeah (laughs) um Okay, and then Friday night, after driving for three hours and being a little bit delirious, we sat down and watched The Killer, David Fincher. Um, This was a very different movie from what we expected. We, it's not the movie we were expecting at all. This is the most basic assassin story you've ever fucking seen but with the funniest script you have ever fucking heard 
Yep. It is comedy gold. Yes. Wow. So subtle, too. It's so... Because, like, it took us about 30 minutes before we realized that this was, I, I think, intended to be a comedy. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It's it's literally, like, two hours of Michael Fassbender playing un, untitled protagonist, i.e. Tenet. Um, Love it. Yo! Walking around, saying dumb bullshit in his internal monologue. And then fucking up as an assassin and being the worst assassin ever. And it's so yeah. funny. So funny. And That's we hilarious. were delirious and it just made it funnier. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I God, I, wish I don't could really talk about it. I don't really know what to make of it overall. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird exercise at the end of the day. Uh-huh. I think it looks and sounds gorgeous. Uh, uh, like credit where credit's due, that stuff is incredible. Um, this is probably my cinematography winner on the year so far. Wow. Um, yeah, you said that. I, remember I really, that. really love the way this movie looks. Um, it's a little just strange and I didn't know what to do with it. So I'm at three and a half on it, but I'm it, also three and a half. It is, it is really good and it's worth a watch if you've got Netflix still, which yeah. who the fuck and I has like, Netflix I like what still? Fincher's doing. Yeah. I like what Fincher's doing, and I think that uh, one of the funniest parts of the movie is the fact that most people won't understand that it's a satire. Oh, people, and I've been reading reviews, people yeah. aren't getting it. <laughs> and that's hilarious. It's, it's actually so a joker, you wouldn't get it moment. Yeah, it's, yeah. This movie, like, if you, if you watch it and you're like, this is not a satire, this is just a really good assassin movie, you are the person that this movie is parodying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're like, oh, he's, if, if you think this, this is literally a satire of literally me people. So, mm-hmm. uh, if that appeals to you That's and you think American that would be psycho. funny, well, I would put this in very close conversation with American psycho. I think they are wow. very similar. They're films. similar. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I really liked it. Tilda Swinton's great in it. I feel like I should throw that out as well. She's got her one scene yeah. toward the end that is just, I don't know. Like, I love a good one scene performance that just knocks it out of the park. It, it Like, last year, Fablemans with Judd Hirsch popping up in one scene and just giving an amazing performance for one scene. That's Tilda here for me. I don't know. It's not going to be like an Oscars thing, but I, I wish it could be because she's great. Um, and then we had our little, we, we went to the reason we drove three hours. We went to a little film festival for a weekend. Um, and we caught what ended up being two French courtroom dramas. Um, uh, the first one was called the sitting duck when it translates to English. It's an Isabel Huppert movie and it's okay. It's good. It's like it's like it's yeah, a good it courtroom good. drama. Yeah, I I liked it. Isabel Huppert is really good in it. I I don't really have a lot to say about it though. I I was a little tired. I I don't yeah. know. It's good. I think it's got a good message. I think it's got a good yeah, way absolutely. of getting that message across. Uh, yeah, your I think one of your biggest problems was the uh, pacing. Yeah, and... I thought it was a little oddly paced. Mm-hmm. 
I um, I yeah. caught that, and I think that I brought it up with you already that I think it's deliberate, but I mm-hmm. still get like the negative because you yeah. don't want to watch a movie that feels like you're just going and going and going yeah. and going. But I feel like it does add to the story a little bit. Worked for me, didn't work for you, but yeah, yeah it's like a three and a half for me. And it it really doesn't help that about thirty minutes after this ended, we sat down yeah. for one of the best paced movies ever made. Yes. Um, and I literally like, cause the sitting duck, I like, you sit down for that movie and it's like two hours and it, uh, it feels two hours. And mm-hmm. my biggest problem with the movie is it doesn't feel like there's a directorial voice there. Like there's nothing really unique going on behind the camera or the edit or anything. Yeah. I, it's just like, other than maybe the opening shot, which I really loved in the sitting duck. Um, I didn't really it didn't speak to me that much. And then the opening shot of anatomy of a fall happens and I'm just mm-hmm. white. I'm just immediately in. It's like, yeah. it's, it's pure riveting cinema through the entire thing. I, I'm just in love with it. It's one of the best movies of the year, if not the decade so far, yeah. it's just incredible. It's my favorite. I mean, it's it's undeniable. Yeah. Wow. It's... I don't want to say anything about the plot of this movie because everyone who is listening to this, go see this movie. It's out in Please. most theaters now. I'll probably be seeing it again pretty soon. Uh, is um, it out I here? I think I've turned the page. Yeah, it's, it's out it here. Um, I might have time this week. If you've got some time, well, you should go see it. Um, I might. So I'm... I'm not going to say anything about the story because the story is just so much fun to watch full unfold. It's just in, it's just so well written. Such a good screenplay. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that you get out of it and you're like, that is the most optimized version of what this movie can be. Yes. It's just perfect performances, perfect direction, perfect writing, perfect editing. I, I just loved it. What, me like literally there were four of us sitting in the row that went to this mm-hmm. festival together and we all like immediately got up out of the um our seats and just looked at each other and we kind of just knew all four of us were giving this five stars yeah it's just that good i guess i don't want to overhype it but i also i just i just think the movie is that good mm-hmm. and i don't really do straight up five stars that much for new releases so yeah first watch five star for four people for four different people with different views like mm-hmm. it's not like any of us are similar yeah um i mean it's just a testament to how good it is yeah but it's a great movie another another testament to how good it is i love saying this one um for those who don't know i drink an energy drink with most of my movie watches mm-hmm. and uh he has a caffeine addiction drink. It's a, it's I do have a major caffeine addiction. Yeah, he does. Um, but <laughs> I, I sit down with a Red Bull. I set my Red Bull down. The movie starts. I'm in immediately. I forget that I have a Red Bull for two hours of the movie. And I remember in the last 30 minutes. That's how good this movie is. It makes me forget about my caffeine addiction. <laughs> there was. <laughs> it's, it's a must watch. There was a scene that like someone was in the shower in this movie about two yeah, hours yeah, yeah. in and i just hear this like weird 
like weird <laughs> suction mechanical. <laughs> mechanical noise and i was like what the fuck was that because that was not from the movie i find out an hour later that it was joey opening a red bull oh two hours God. into this two and a half hour <laughs> movie insane yep um, it was the loudest it was so loud too so because loud. i was trying to do it slow because it, because we were already so far into the movie and then my thumb just sinks in so it's like I don't know. It's like it pushed it even harder, but it, it was a loud. Thump. It was I'm so sure loud. that every every old person in there was really mad at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our theater was like full of elderly people, and they like, mm-hmm. the, I some of them did not know what to think about this movie. I feel like, but some of them did really like it. So it's kind of cross generational. I feel like. Um, and I'll kind of. I'll say so. We have um, we've been talking about an Oscars prediction episode uh, for a bit now. Uh, that has officially been recorded, and that is coming out the Tuesday after this recording, if I can get it edited and all that, because um, I'm pretty busy. But we're gonna try and get that out on Tuesday. Uh, we talk about this movie extensively in that episode, Me and we too. break down tons of different categories that it's a possibility in. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. I think we went for about two hours on six categories, just broke them down yeah. and got a consensus top five for all of those categories. And then a top 10 for our best picture lineup. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's, that's two hours of us talking through a bunch of Oscar stuff. Um, and we had a lot of fun with it. We were very delirious. We started at 11 PM and finished yeah. at about one thirty. Um, yeah, in the morning towards the end uh, of that we are oh we're tired and you can tell it's very very funny Um, I'm chilling in the background mostly you were literally you stopped talking at a certain (laughs) point (laughs) you shut down once we got the supporting actors dude I was just like I got nothing he started doing the thumbs up for the podcast (laughs) instead of saying that he exactly I was like this is an auditory (laughs) medium and you're giving me a thumbs up right now Stupid ass. But, uh, do better. Oopsie. Do better. Oopsie. Yeah, we we talked about this extensively, but kind of long story short, uh, Sandra Huller in this movie is next fucking oh, level. My and, favorite performance of the year and yeah, of last year and of the year before. She's incredible. And uh, Milo Machado Grainer, the kid, uh, mm-hmm. gives one of the best child performances of all time. And he yes. should be and nominated favorite, for supporting actor. My favorite supporting actor performance of this year and last year and last year and last year mm-hmm. and last year. So like it just this movie This movie rips. Yeah. Absolutely. That's 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 how you say it. Um I feel like I'm in this like rut right now where like after watching Anatomy of a Fall and the next day watching Past Lives again for this mm-hmm. and let me reveal a little bit of my thoughts on Past Lives from this statement i like don't feel like i want to watch movies right now i like i've i need to take a break wow yeah i've it's i've gone too hard no i and i need to recover that yeah it's like it's it's too good movies are too good sometimes also i just been you should get you should just play fortnite with me and joey yeah i'll start (laughs) playing fortnite with you guys i'm not doing that stupid <laughs> yeah we were gonna go we planned on me you and sutherland friend of the pod study mm-hmm. um 
going back to your place and watching another movie after Anatomy of a Fall, and we all collectively said, "We said no, yeah, no, this we movie was too with that. good." Yeah, yeah. Because we almost Jackson, watched. I'm... Jackson, watch it. You need to watch it. This is a big key. Have to. I'll try to find time, dude. Yeah, if you got some if time, there's a late it's night it. screening Wednesday. Jackson, you're grounded. Jackson, what? no more Fortnite. You're grounded until you watch this movie. No, no more Dude, Fortnite. No more I have Fortnite. Assignments and meetings all week. I don't know what you're when? talking about. I think I, I, I'm hearing. Space, I have three Anatomy of Fall screenings. When Jackson? When what? I did I? When goes ask? Soon? When did we ask? You're grounded. You're grounded. <laughs> oh, you being no mean. I'm You're being we? mean. I'm no, Watch no. Okay, we're done. We're done talking about Anatomy of Fall. We're done. Being You're both grounded. Mean. Done being mean as well, dude. Done okay, being mean. Give me like two seconds. I'll check when the I'll check when the show times are for Wednesday night. No, do it after the show. We're 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 moving. It's on. too bad. It's already up. It's already up. <laughs> oh, damn it. This is getting nope, too bad. Show. No, they're 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 too early. Six fifty is the latest. Wow, that sucks, Jackson. Grounded. Shut your mouth. That dude. sounds like no more Fortnite for like two weeks. No. Yeah, no more. <laughs> no more Fortnite battle pass. All right. Okay. I, I mean, I guess I can just skip a uh, Barbie movie night on Thursday. God damn it. Mm. Oh. You just moan. Yeah, what was no, that? No, I went, oh. No, he didn't. He went, he went, oh. Way. No, oh, no, oh. No, <laughs> Jackson, oh. I heard it. No, oh. Jackson, you're lying. Yeah. Who? Jackson yeah. is just continuing his misogynistic streak by refusing <laughs> to watch these two female-directed movies. Dude, wow. I literally just said that I would go watch it on Thursday instead of Barbie. Instead and of you a know female-directed movie? Does, you know what Jackson does instead? I see a female-directed movie instead of a female-directed movie. Yeah, you know what Jackson does instead? Plays Fortnite. A game made by Ninja. Made by Ninja. A man. Ninja. Ninja made it. Ninja and Drake and Travis Scott made Fortnite. All men. What All about men. Marshmallow? No, Marshmallow's uh, white. <laughs> Okay, no, we're done. We're done Let's with this. Game. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, shut the fuck up. Okay, past lives. Past lives. Oh, God. Fucking hell, this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll bring us in real quick. Okay, so we open on couple seeing three strangers across a bar and they're speculating about who these people are to each other they talk about is the white man with them their tour guide is are they um who's married to who who's in a relationship with who and then greta lee looks directly at my soul and then we cuts to 24 years earlier where two 12 year old children walk home from school together they're na young and hey sung they have a deep connection they have hundreds of layers of inyun between them 
Shortly after this, they go on a date together, and then Young's family immigrates to Canada. Twelve years pass, and they ne- they don't see each other. Sung is in the Korean military, and seeks out Young on Facebook after years apart. Young, now Nora, a writer in New York City, reaches out to Sung. They reconnect on Skype after years apart. As Nora continues to write, and Sung studies engineering in China and learns Mandarin. Eventually, Nora cuts things off with Sung. They can't really maintain a long-distance friendship, and they don't really know who they are to each other. Nora then goes to a writing workshop and meets Arthur, the cutest man alive. Twelve more years pass. Nora and Arthur are married. Sung is visiting Nora in New York. They meet after 20 years of distance, having not seen each other in person for that long. They're completely different people in the world to each other. They barely know each other, if we're being honest. They walk around the city and reconnect over memories of home and stories of the past and Korea and America. Sung goes back to his hotel, Nora goes home to Arthur. They have a really, really deep conversation about Nora and Sung's relationship and their connection and the different types of Indian that they share and different amounts of layers. Nora's dreaming in Korean and Arthur's inability to connect to that as much as he might want to. The next day, Nora brings Sung to meet Arthur. After getting dinner, they go to a bar until really early in the morning, discussing English, in English and Korean, the lives that they could have had together if things had just turned out a little differently. After going home, Nora walks Sung to his Uber, and time stops for a second before Haesung leaves. Nora walks back to her apartment in the most devastating tracking shot anyone has ever filmed and just sobs into Arthur's shoulder. And we see Haesung looking out the window of the car as the car continues past the camera. We hang back and we cut to black. Man, fuck what this a picture. movie. <laughs> Man, what a comfort movie. movie. Yeah, great comfort movie. Actually, well, I'm going to have to agree with you, Josh. I think this is a comfort movie. Yeah. I'll see I, um, why, but... Mm. It's... Mm. I'll defend it. Um, yeah. So... I'll defend it, I'll, too. Yeah. This movie is... 
I'll kind of give I'll give my history, and it's I think it, we have similar history because we watched it together for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. I remember this movie premiering at Sundance in Jan back in January, about ten months ago or so, and it just it, it's rare that I see a movie get come out of Sundance that I immediately am just like, oh, I need to keep my eye on this thing because it's mm-hmm. gonna be really really something special. Um, so I had my eye on it and I kind of just assumed it was going to be an awards contender. So it would come out in like November, December. And then suddenly it's coming out in June and it's, or I think early July or something. Uh, I think it was July because we were a couple episodes into the podcast at that point. And, um, I was like, guys, we have to go see this. Mm -hmm. And... You guys had heard of it. I, I don't oh. know if you were as excited for it as I was, but like, I know as Jackson as, was. As soon as I heard this get like announced, as soon as I saw it like show up on Letterboxd, I don't know how mm-hmm. I did. I don't know whether you told us or I just found it. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is really intriguing. Yeah. This sounds really good. Yeah. Um, And lo and behold. That's exactly what it is. It's really interesting and intriguing and all of yeah. those things um yeah. so we we went to go see it i'm actually going to check the date on that real quick that was june 30th so end of june mm. um and we go see it in our local amc which is pretty shitty um yeah. eh, it's not the worst I've it's not the worst. worst but like i wouldn't say it's a good theater um and specifically yeah. this viewing this was real bad I'm oh yeah it was so we go sit down in this theater and it's there is the the air conditioning is like cut off to this theater yeah it is it and it's, it's nice a summer warm. yeah I like uh, not to dox us but this it's a summer in Alabama <gasps> yeah in a theater with no air conditioning yeah which is it's a nightmare awful shit awful was hot. experience it was fucking hot in there it was probably in the 80s in that theater yeah if not a little higher and even despite that nightmarish experience this movie destroyed me mm-hmm. like just ripped my heart out i you guys probably remember it just as well as i do when this movie ended and i was like you guys started to get up to go Mm -hmm. and i just like physically could not get up because i was such a mess i was sobbing i was like freaking out i like Mm -hmm. it was borderline panic attack from how emotional i was at the end of this movie yeah yeah, I looked over and you were you were a little bit of a mess, and I was like, "It's okay." Yeah, it's okay. It was yeah. That was when I I just like I don't know. You guys just like hugged me, and it was really nice, and I needed that mm-hmm. at that time. But and ever since we got out of that theater, this has become such a special movie to me. It's just, I mean, I'm not even beating around the bush here. I kept my rating up. I didn't even take it off. Like I, this is the easiest five stars of my life, but this movie, and I know it's, it's emotionally 
devastating and everything, but it's a movie I think about so many times daily that has just invaded my life to the point where every second of every day I'm thinking about some idea from this movie and it's made my life legitimately better because of it. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like a more empathetic person. I feel like I'm more attuned to my, I don't know, maybe it's my past lives. I don't know. I feel like I'm more attuned to something about myself that I can't really put my finger on because of this movie. I really do owe this movie a lot. I feel like. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk about it. I guess, where do you guys want to start? I don't want to hijack this conversation and just run with it. I would have to, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that this movie has had an effect, especially on the second watch. It kind of confirms some things that I was like thinking of figuring out and Mm -hmm. just makes me more confident myself yeah. and the way i feel about things i don't really know how to explain it this it's movie weird. makes me feel a lot better yeah and i think I that alone life. that alone i think is enough for it to be a comfort movie yes and i know like yeah i know i was sobbing like second watch mm-hmm. i sobbed just as much i was sitting on my couch mm-hmm. and i yeah i'm glad my roommate left to go get dinner when he did because he left with about 30 minutes left in this movie Mm. he just like walked Mm -hmm. through and i was like okay that gives me opportunity to just sit here and cry for a bit after this and i broke down again Mm -hmm. yeah and we'll talk about the ending in a bit but god i didn't cry but both times this has been just so emotionally overwhelming like yeah. in the theater, I was practically like shaking. Like I was yeah. not crying, but I'm shaking because of how emotionally loaded this is. Mm-hmm. And again, during this watch, during that bedroom scene, yeah, is when it started, and like the end of the movie is where it finished. Yeah, yeah. I am more on the same wavelength as Jackson as well. Like I didn't, uh, I, I did tear up at the end. Like I don't know. It, it's the it's as close as you can get to crying while still saying tearing up like it was so close but Mm -hmm. like it was it was everything about the ending just it did something to every part of my body and like i start tearing up like crazy my entire body goes into this like almost I've, i've never even felt chills like this but like i it just went and I was like, oh, I'm stuck. I have yeah, to like a sit in this one position for the rest of my life. And then luckily five minutes later, I got up. But yeah, it just, it feels like I almost can't go on. And I feel like that's kind of how she feels at the end. I know we're going to get into mm-hmm. that later, but golly, yeah. it just. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really, it feels like emotional overload. Like you're, it, it's a shock uh-huh. to the system and it's. Exactly. Yeah. There are very few movies that make me feel like this at the like Mm -hmm. right now i cry like a little bit at movies a lot but it takes a while for like it takes a very 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 special movie that reaches some deeper part of my my soul that to make me break down like this so i don't know um i think if we're gonna frame this 
discussion as something other than just us rambling about how it makes us emotional. Um, I think we can, I think breaking it down based on these three performances is probably smart. Um, okay. I think we should start with John Magaro. Okay. Okay. I kind of want to start there. I'm obsessed with this man, but also like Mm -hmm. just the way that he lives his life in this movie, Arthur is like, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of myself in Arthur, like a lot of myself in Arthur, but I also see a lot of myself in, in Nora. So that's just really interesting to see their relationship. But yeah, I think, and I don't know. I think he's so subtle here and so quietly just incredible. Like gives one of my favorite performances of the year. Just, I I guess let's, let's talk about the, the bed scene. Because that scene is devastating and just so, that is, that is an example of Celine song being, maybe the greatest writer of all time because that's not i'm not yeah. actually saying that but like yeah. is there a more perfectly written scene um that? my thoughts no there isn't this is yeah. okay it's my favorite scene in the movie i don't know about y'all it's my favorite scene in the movie and it's, it's one of mine one of my favorite scenes of, of the year and it's one of my favorite scenes of the 2020 so far yeah it's just yeah gorgeous perfect movie mm-hmm. perfect filmmaking i don't know i love it yeah i um, I, I wrote down i wrote down a lot of quotes obviously when you get a script that's this good you're just going to be rambling off quotes and i deposit mm-hmm. the movie a thousand times to get them all down but yeah one thing that i didn't write it's it's still about the script but i i was i was just I was so amazed at the introspectiveness of of the script revolving around Magaro's character and how him almost talking about the movie in itself um, yes. is is a good portion of his character. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's where I see the most of myself in is him. Magaro? Yes. I do as well. But, because we, we... Like, I think... Josh, are you more connected to just like the everyday stuff that he does or I think it's something about I don't know the way that he the way he holds himself. I I can't really uh-huh. place it, but it's I mean it's I don't know. I I don't want to make this like a I'm queer thing, but like the way he holds himself reminds me a lot of myself and i feel like that has changed so drastically recently after i've come out that it just like he has this i don't know how to put this into words because he's in a relationship with a woman but like also he gives off like this subtle queer energy that just makes me smile Mm -hmm. that i'm not creating a queer headcanon for this character at all he's just really tender bro's trying yeah yeah he's very tender and it's something that i see in myself a lot kind of 
I don't know. I don't want to say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm like a really tender, emotional person. Be- but like, it is something I do relate to a lot with him. Yeah. 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 I don't so know you- about you, Joey, oh. but I connect intimately with a lot of his fears and doubts in himself. Yeah. Yeah. Very intimately. And that's what got me first time around. And this time around, I was able to connect to both him and Nora and Haesung. Yeah. Yes. Which same. made this a more complete film for me. Um, because first time around, I was just like, I, I didn't know the end. Mm-hmm. So I was just, yeah. I was just in Megaro's position the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just in Arthur's position the whole time. Um, but knowing the end for me, help me to see the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that I, going back to the introspectiveness of the script, I, mm-hmm. I do this a lot in like mm-hmm. my life and this is where I connect to him the most. Um, it's just like when you think of yourself in the grand scheme of everything that's going on around you. And I obviously think of it through movies. He kind of was thinking of it through, uh, scripts or or stuff that he's written and he's like Mm -hmm. if this is a story i am this and it doesn't matter what you say there it just matters that you're looking at yourself through the lens of uh, literally the lens of a camera um or just your own lens of how you view the world and how you think the world views you back yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's celine's song taking a lot of the ideas of the mm-hmm. world of film and literature and turning them on their head a little bit by just being honest. It's yeah. yes. In a lot of legitimately, I'm get, like just worse stories. John Megara's like Arthur would just be the awful white husband. He'd just be the bad guy. He's just yeah, going to yeah. be, I'm not going to let you go see him because mm-hmm. I'm the awful white husband. And that's what the story needs me to do. But mm-hmm. what makes this movie real to me is that Arthur is a real person. And Arthur is, he says, like, he he has no right to be mad about any of this because mm-hmm. it's not his place. Like, he is just another part of this story, just another facet. And his his facet is not to be a, a villain. It's just to be another mm-hmm. part of Nora, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh during that bedroom scene, actually a little bit before, um I had a thought as soon as Hey Song sitting out there uh near the stone mural um mm-hmm. waiting for Nora and it slowly starts zooming in. And I had this thought in my mind as they meet. And I'm like, man, this is a movie about three people right here. Yeah. And yet it feels like one of the biggest movies of the year. It feels larger than life. Yeah. And during the bedroom scene, Mm -hmm. Arthur looks over at Nora and says, you make my life so much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that kind of completed that little circle for me and just made me realize, oh, wow, I kind of felt that exactly. Yeah. It's that Um, through line of, he's yeah, he says, you make my life so much bigger. And I'm wondering if I do that for you. And that becomes his his insecurity and his Mm -hmm. like a major part of the character because if that isn't true then this story becomes something else but she says Mm -hmm. you're forgetting the part that i where i love you yes which just makes me got that one written down yeah it's just perfect and it's just i wrote down my review i can't crack a fucking joke about this movie (laughs) i can't do it so I, I wrote down the, my favorite quote from the movie, which yeah. is, you can you dream in a language I can't understand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I started crying this time. Mm-hmm. I just, that line makes me sob. I, I yeah, can't, that insane. I can't comprehend that. It's, it's terrible. That is terrifying to me. That mm-hmm. is probably, if mm-hmm. like, that's a major insecurity of mine is not being able to connect to something that someone has so much mm-hmm. background and heritage of. And I can't connect to that yeah. because of a language barrier or because it's not my place to mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. terrifying. Um, my, when, when you said the, you're forgetting the part where I love you, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's almost criminal not to say what follows where he says, I'm not forgetting it. I just have a hard time believing it sometimes, which is, I mean, look, I get comfort movie for, for you and, and you Jackson, but this is not a comfort movie for me. This just Mm -hmm. fucking hurts. Yeah. Every bit. This becomes a comfort movie for me because during that scene, it, it's it's like Celine Song writes out all of my fears and my doubts and mm-hmm. my worries, mm-hmm. like being in a relationship. Yeah. And says, it's okay. Yeah. She still loves yeah. you. Yeah. And she, and you have so much respect and love for each other that that's not going to happen if you fully trust each other. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was that's the scene where I froze up in the theaters. I froze up here. Cause it was like mm-hmm. all of, like every single thought I've had, like Amber's my first relationship. I hope she is my only relationship. I plan for her to be my only relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being in a first relationship, it, it, it brings about a lot of fears. Yeah about the future, about things out of your control. And I've, like, I've struggled with that sometimes. Yeah. And I've struggled with the uncontrollable things in my relationship. And I've, I've talked to Amber about it, of course. And this, that scene in this movie kind of brings me some comfort yeah. in that aspect. And just helps me to understand and trust and be a better person. I think a better boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm at a really complicated place in my life in terms of relationships and how I want to do that really. 
I've had a lot of partners in the past and they don't, they haven't worked out. I've had a lot of really bad experiences with that. And this movie feels like, and the idea of past lives in general, and this is kind of where I want to move into it. It feels like it's just saying that's kind of part of life is figuring that out. And I don't know, maybe I'll date someone else. Maybe I'll go, I'll find a partner. Maybe I won't. I don't know. It's a, it's complicated. I've, Mm -hmm a long history that is not done being written mm-hmm, um yeah. but it's this idea of inyun that has just devoured my life because i think about it all the time now mm-hmm. um that like i have the the partners that i've had in the past i've i have inyun with them because we had that connection and maybe that connection isn't there anymore but it's it's Inyun is still, it still exists between us. And I'll have, if I ever have a another partner, I'll have Inyun with them. But also I have Inyun with you guys. Yeah. Because we have a really strong connection and mm-hmm. we, we do this every week, but we also, I go about my day thinking about you guys all the time. And it's just, that's a deep, deep connection that I have with you guys. And I have Inyun with all of my other friends. And to a certain extent, I have Inyun with Celine Song because I saw her movie and I saw her story and I get to have her kind of reach out and give me a hug through the camera and tell me yeah. that it's it's okay. Because that's just kind of, instead of me being this kind of Western idea of destiny is something I have to go out and find it's something that just kind of guides me and lets and just holds my life I don't I'll go where I need to go I can just kind of meditate on that and that makes me feel so much more comfortable in life which is that is why this movie is so special for me because it's completely changed my outlook Mm -hmm. completely changed it you want to move into uh, the next one? Yeah. Okay. Who do you want to do next? Let's do Tao Okay, I agree. Um, I don't think people talk about this performance enough. Purely, like, on a performance level. Yeah. He is, he's the one that people don't talk about. Yeah. I think he's incredible in this movie. I mean, I do too. He gets outshined, but he's incredible. It's just because he's the quieter performance. He doesn't say a lot. He comes across really shy and that he doesn't ever want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. But he's so perfect. There's, there's a scene. It's the scene where Nora tells him that they need to stop communicating. Um, Uh And they just, they just hold on him. Mm-hmm. like she says that and we just sit with him and he just takes it in for like 30 40 seconds and then he says i agree and he very obviously disagrees and he says i don't know why i'm why i feel like this yeah and he just starts like 
getting really choked up, and I think that is one of the best moments of acting in this movie. Okay. He, he's incredible. I I, I actually think that he shines more when he's uh, opposite Magaro. I think in that, that bar. Well, we'll in the bar, the bar when but... he's, but before the bar when he's asking uh, for for uh, pasta when he, mm-hmm. when he does that when he speaks when they're both speaking each other's ang- mm-hmm. languages. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I think that the awkwardness and the shyness is his strong point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in those scenes, it shines through the most because he does have that, like you said, I don't want to say the wrong thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my gosh, I mean, it, it. there's no part of this movie that doesn't feel real. Yeah. His, um, I've been, I mean, since I saw the movie the first time, I've been seeking out interviews and anything I can find on it. Um, his... Korean is his third language. Like, he is not a native Korean speaker. He, it's, I believe it's German and English are his first languages, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa. Um, and the naturalism that he brings to his Korean and the non naturalism that he brings to his English mm-hmm. when those two are technically flipped for him is just. That is next level performance. That yeah. is that is something most actors cannot achieve. Like that's I know. incredible. I never would have guessed that was the case. Exactly. Yeah. I, when you said that, I knocked I had knocked over my cereal bowl and knocked oh, cereal no. on my floor, so I had to mute myself, but I audibly went, What the hell? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's actually kind of crazy. It's insane. And you don't pick up on it because he's so subtle and he doesn't try Uh and like lean into it. He just kind of lets it, lets the character be the character. He doesn't try and be like, oh, I need an Oscar moment in this movie because that's Mm -hmm. not what this movie's about. Yeah. This movie is about honest, real people. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's incredible. Um, I don't know if I have a ton to say about him by himself because so much of like every single one of his scenes other than his stuff with his friends at the um the restaurant in korea which Mm -hmm. i love those scenes those scenes just make me laugh um he's uh, opposite greta lee and john magaro in all of those scenes and i think that's where he shines so um unless you guys have anything else to say about him alone i think we move into greta lee um uh can i i guess i'm not gonna have another time to really touch on this but i just want to say the introduction to his older character after he comforts the Mm. his friend in the bar um and then he goes home and then he wakes up the next morning and he almost looks um like melancholic he looks just like sluggish um and he, he moves just does the act of moving to get to the table. But then his mom says, why are you in such a good mood? Yeah. That just shows how bad of a place he was in before, because he looks like Mm -hmm. he's not having a great time. Mm -hmm. And then his mom says that, and that just hit me like, like crazy this time. I was like, wow, he must have been top 10 depressed people in the entire planet before (laughs) this. 
that just that yeah hurts. that moment definitely stuck out to me too i was i initially i was like wait what that's a weird line and then i thought about it i was like oh god yeah oh god which is why that moment of nora saying we can't communicate anymore hits so much harder yes. because she brought him that joy exactly fuck this movie dude yep i love it so much okay greta lee mm, this is one of my favorite performances in any movie she is just this isn't a performance she's just a real person I can't imagine her not being a real person. Like, this is just... Yeah. It's... Fuck, dude. (laughs) There are so many scenes where it's just... It'll just be her and John Magaro in in bed talking, or Mm -hmm. her and Teo Yu getting to know each other, but it just... It's so natural that it hurts. Um, I I just love it. It, When she and Sung meet up in new york the first time and they just keep saying whoa back and forth just makes me smile mm-hmm. yes incredible moment but she has such an enigmatic face to me it's she's so yeah. expressive but is always like if like the poster on letterbox she's it's that smile that i can see all of her past lives in that smile i can see every bit of the just every bit of that performance layers upon layers upon layers of reality behind that yeah i don't it's really special to me i really 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 love it she she does so many things in here too it's not like It's not like she just does the smiles. It's not like she just does the awkward interactions with um, with Sung, But mm-hmm. she also does something that I think is probably... I think this is her best moment. Also in the bed with Magaro. Mm-hmm. Because she... I don't know if this is how y'all read it or not. This is how I read it. Uh, I read it this time. This is how I read it the last time. Um, She's not 100% telling the truth. Like, it feels like she's closed off. It feels like she's answering the questions how he needs them to be answered so that he doesn't um, get more sad. And it doesn't feel like it's a definitive, yes, I'm completely and utterly in love with you uh yeah. and it it feels like she might even be lying to herself and i don't know another performance that has done that i think she is one of a kind yeah i think it's so it, it's so layered because she she could definitely be lying to herself there convincing him convincing herself and so much of that comes through as especially when you put it in context with the last scene of the movie um which i want to talk about in a second but yeah when she it feels like that's when she fully accepts that this life is this life 
and in the next life she can have she'll have something different and in past lives Mm -hmm. she's already had something different and maybe she and Haesung were something to each other in a previous life or will be something to each other in the next life Mm -hmm. but in this moment she's she has Inyun strongest with Arthur and they are in love no matter what Mm -hmm. that means it's complicated and it's but it's real it's not Mm -hmm. a movie romance that's just real people being in love it's not perfect and that's that bedroom scene is the stepping stone I feel like to that moment for her where she can realize that and then the bar scene becomes her fantasy ideal Uh what can happen and the ending is the reality where she has to accept it and it it doesn't feel like i don't know it does it doesn't feel like there's a maybe for me and this is where i could see it being a comfort movie maybe 18 years down the road when i become comfortable with this movie Mm -hmm. but um it doesn't feel like a maybe if they're solid after the movie ends it doesn't feel like they're ever going to split apart because she's been through what has to be the toughest roadblock in the entirety of their marriage uh, up to then and going forward. And if you can make it through that, it just feels like they can make it through anything. And I think that last hug um, is, and her just crying, letting it all out is her coming to the realization that she has to accept things the way they are. Yeah. She realizes she can't, live her life on the what ifs yeah exactly because marvel if you live what your if... life on the what ifs then you're never going to be in the present yeah, yeah. i'm going to choose to ignore what joey said i didn't hear what he said <laughs> oh my gosh now i know what he said um yeah but an example of her living in the present and appreciating what she has in front of her um yeah. when her and Sung are on the train um yeah they stare at each other Mm -hmm. and I realized when I was watching it, I'm like, I know that look and that's not a, Ooh, man, look, that is a look of admiration and appreciation right there. Mm -hmm. That is a look of that. You look at somebody and you have a true connection with them. That's what that look is. At least to me, I think, um, and it's an example of her living in the moment, living in the present, um, not taking what she has for granted, um, and just appreciating what's right in front of her. Yeah. I think that subway scene, I paused it on that shot because I wanted to kind of just take that in. Um, I think it's, I like kind of broke down the shot in my mind. I was like, it's, I mean, it's completely dialogueless. Like it's just them looking at each other. Their fingers are almost touching, and there's mm-hmm. this. There's a in the frame. It's a bar directly between them. That barrier, mm-hmm. but they're still looking at each other despite it. And then I teared up, like thinking about that. Um, and then I started thinking about that more holistically as them being kind of what becomes one of my favorite themes of this movie and one of the most interesting things that explores is this idea that these people are in transit 
and not stopping for each other really they're on a subway mm-hmm. together they're on this path together but they're gonna get off at different stops at the end of it um and at some point i had to bring up Wong car why because you know i have to but also that's something he explores in most of his films and he's he's my favorite director he's someone that i really adore um but this idea of people on completely different life paths that just clash and just cross paths and leave. And that's something that happens in Chongqing Express, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, And it happens in Fallen Angels, another of my favorite movies. It's just, it's something, I mean, this In the Mood for Love is all over this movie. And I'm not going to say anything about that movie because Joey hasn't seen it, but it's all over this movie in terms mm-hmm. of what that that movie and this movie are exploring. Yes, but it's these ideas of people that are just on these life paths and they are not going to stop on those life paths. But in Chunga King Express, there's a scene where someone brushes up against someone and like mm. in a crowd just brushes up against them. and if And then it talks about how they have a connection based on that. And that's Inyun. You brush up against someone in the crowd, you have some Inyun with them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of incredible. I don't know. I don't want to just say, oh, this movie's inspired by Wong Kar Wai and just make it dismissive because Celine Song has such a unique voice that is not Wong Kar Wai at all. Completely different. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting that's- frame for sure. As I'm thinking about it, she probably took some inspiration because you know, absolutely almost touching hands while they're holding on to the um, pole on the subway. And, you know, yeah. there's that one scene in, in the mood for love mm-hmm. when she walks right by him. Yep. Um, I've told you about this scene. I don't want to, uh, we've talked talk about too that much about it for Joey, but we've talked about yeah. that scene. Um, I have the a 24 zine for past lives that I read through today. I just like sat down mm-hmm. and listened to the score for this movie and read through it. It's 40 pages, just a quick, look through there's two movies that have stills in here like other movies one of them is fallen angels and the other one is a brighter summer day that have stills in that zine and i think those are really interesting uh to look at in conversation with this movie so i can see how a brighter summer day would connect a little bit oh absolutely yeah um I'm looking through my notes to see if there's anything else big that I really want to talk about. This is a public a, a public service announcement for um, Joey to go watch A Brighter Summer Day. Yeah, I That's knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Jackson, you know what else I got to watch? Jackson. Okay, no, no. You know what I'm watching this week? What? Grave of the Fireflies. So okay, fair can... enough. We can, we can um, compromise. And you can watch Grave of the Fireflies this week and then A Brighter Summer Day next week. No. <laughs> yeah. Grave of the Fireflies this week and uh, Interview with the Vampire next week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Um, All right. I'm going to... I think we should talk a little bit about some more technical aspects. Yes. Um, please. I definitely, I definitely want to talk about the score. I I listen to this thing all the time on Spotify, but like the way that it's 
utilized in the film is just it reminds me a lot of Minari in that like it's Mm -hmm. it's very I I really I'm I really struggle to talk about music this is not my strong suit but I I think it's the perfect pair with the story that it's this movie is telling there's something about Mm -hmm. it that Mm -hmm. just clicks for me it makes me really emotional and I don't know if I've ever seen a movie use music better than how they use it in the final scene of this movie. Yes. It is one of my favorite musical moments in any movie ever. I said that, I wrote down, that the score is great, but the best thing that the score did is not playing when he is leaving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the way they use silence in the score. Yes. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll go. They don't really go big ever. Like there's mm-hmm. crescendos in it, but they never do like a. They'll never just go massive and try and be. I feel like people overuse this word when describing music in movies, but emotionally manipulative. It never feels anything other than what this story is supposed to make you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially in that last scene where it goes a little bigger, but it's really just like when she puts her head on Arthur's shoulder and just yeah, breaks down. The score swells a little bit, but it's never pushing it. It's never pushy, which is why I get more emotional. The, the number one word that I think of when I think about this score is unintrusive. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest compliments you can say to a score mm-hmm. when it's a movie like this. For sure. Yeah. It's just another part of that just perfect filmmaking behind this movie. Like the way that yeah. Celine Song directs this thing is just... It's really subtle... But it never feels like I'm lost in the subtlety. I feel like I'm always feeling exactly what she wants me to feel. And I think the score is yeah. really integral to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you a lot. I think that about like this being similar to Minari. You mentioned it yesterday and I was kind of listening for it in mm-hmm. this. And there's definitely, I, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of similarities in the way it makes you feel. Yeah. I think the sound is also a little similar to Minari, but not exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, Emil Masseri composes very differently from Rawson and Bear. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It's really hard to compare things to Emil Masseri, who is just so unique. But mm-hmm. this is another really unique score. I really, really love it. Yeah. One of my favorites of the year. Um, I think both scores kind of comfort you in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about the way this movie's shot just kind of briefly I don't think we need to get really deep into this I think this movie looks gorgeous um, absolutely absolutely 100% mm-hmm. um, and it's also not a movie that's going to be like mm, here's a pretty shot like it, it doesn't feel like it's doing things for that it just feels like let's use the camera the way it's meant to be used which is 
capture mm-hmm. the beauty of these environments, but never feel like we're going too far into one perfect frame ideas. It just yeah. feels really natural. There's mm-hmm. there's a shot when they're kids. Uh, the camera is just sitting there as she goes up the stairs and he continues down the road. And it's just like a perfectly framed shot. Like that shot is just gorgeous. And then they have a little conversation. It's one of my favorite shots in the movie too. Um, They have a little conversation and the camera shoots it in shot reverse shot, but low angle and high angle. And Mm. it's really perfect. I really just, it's Mm -hmm. subtle and it's quiet. It's not a, it's not a loudly shot movie. Mm -hmm. I just, I really, really love it. It's also just like a good physical representation of when they do separate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that divide that's yeah. uh, driven between them when she leaves. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think that the best showcase of the talent of the cinematographer and if um, Celine Song was having, I don't know, some directors like to have a lot of input on where the camera is. I'm pretty sure Celine Song did, but I'm not sure. Um, but speculating aside, the best use of the camera, in my opinion, is when they're in the bar at the end mm-hmm. and Great. it's, it's kind of elementary in the way that you think about it, but it's going from a wide where it shows all three to cutting to the two that are talking and just not showing cutting Arthur okay, out. Wait, wait. Yeah, not just cutting Arthur out, but intentionally moving the camera over to where, like, if you just moved it over, you don't have to go for a wider lens. Yeah. He could be in the frame, but you're showing um, the bar taps on mm-hmm. on the bar instead, on the left side of the screen, instead of moving it over and showing him on the right. It feels like you still know that he's there because of that empty space on the left side of the screen. Exactly. And it's their choice to exclude him from the conversation. Um, And it goes perfectly with the camera. Yeah. Very intentional filmmaking. Mm -hmm. That is, yes. That's why I think like, I, that's one of those scenes that just feels like a masterclass in how to edit a movie and how to direct a film. It's just yes. a perfectly shot, perfectly edited sequence with one of the best scripts I've ever witnessed. It's just, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Um, that was kind of, that was something I really wanted to talk about with that scene. Um, but I, I think in my opinion, I mean, I, it's the showiest scene in the movie for me where they, the best place they use the camera is that ending um, where you have that tracking shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, they had to shut down an entire block for that first off. This movie had no budget, and they had to shut down a block uh-huh. in New York at, four, like, four in the morning to do it, which is just hilarious to me. But also, they were... I was listening to her talk about it, Celine Song, and she was like, yeah, it's like early in the morning, but like it's New York and people are always trying to drive around. So we had people on each end of the block, like stationed to like keep cars away. But sometimes cars would just fucking drive past and it would ruin a shot. 
and they'd have to go back and do it again and that tracking shot is long they cut a little bit in the middle but obviously Mm. they did it in one take and it's i want to say five six minutes if i was like at least where my brain was at it feels like that and it's just that's got to be a nightmare to shoot but also takes a lot of talent um and then the way they edit in the middle is just perfect that shot reverse Mm -hmm. shot between the two of them is simple and then hard cut to them as kids yeah yeah hard cut which is just it's perfect Mm -hmm. god yeah um so so you like in in the stuff that you've read about this there it's confirmed that that was all one take and when they start cutting two separate shots in the middle they don't cut and then do the uh the rest of the scene the walk back that's not the walk forward and the walk back generally so i i can't confirm that i'm not positive but i'm pretty sure the way it feels when i'm watching the movie it just feels like the way celine song would direct the scene is for them to just do the entire scene in a wide tracking shot do the whole thing so that if she wants to cut to it she can but she knows she's probably not going to but knowing the way that she treats her actors and to let them fully act out that scene in that tracking shot yeah. just so that she can get the full emotion out of Greta Lee when she breaks down at the end. Mm-hmm. That feels like a necessity. Like she has yeah. to have that conversation earlier in the same shot, in the same take. So it feels that... like it feels like something they would do in one take. Uh-huh. That would make this uh incredibly impressive on top of what was already impressive because i just yeah. think that scene is crazy good yeah it's but perfect also that's got to be so much more stressful for the actors and that just if that is true greta lee oh my god yeah i mean it's just how can this performance keep getting better yeah if that is true i mean i would like to get some confirmation on that but yeah um Anything else big that we want to talk about? Because we've been going pretty long, um, um, and I'm I'm good to move into final thoughts. I'm good for final thoughts. I'm good for final thoughts. Okay, um, this is my pick. I'll go first. Um, I I have a lot of tiny notes, but we've been going long enough that I don't think I need to read them. Um, and we kind of we've touched on most of them, so I, I think I'm okay. This is a movie that has completely taken over my life. It's one of the most special movies to me right now. Every single day I wake up thinking about the idea of the ideas this movie talks about. And I don't think I would be as happy right now without this movie. I'm in a really good place because of a lot of the ideas that this movie brings up. Um, easiest fucking five stars of my life, obviously. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Easy, easy favorite movie of the year. Probably. Yeah, obviously it's in the canon. And if I made a 
best of the decade, it's an easy top two. Easy top two. I struggled to say top one because there's another very, very, very special movie that came out in 2021. But I don't know. It's tough. Sorry. Titan is a very, very special movie to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very special. Thought you were going to say, uh, wait, no, Tenet's 2020. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Tenet? Tenet name drop. Second time this episode. Nice. Classic Jackson. We're hitting our quotas. Yeah. I have a Tenet tally going. Yeah. Uh, Whichever one of you guys wants to. Yeah. I'll go. Um,. First time watching this, I did not know what to think about it. I slapped four and a half on it because I was like, I recognized that it was a great movie. Y'all loved it. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a really phenomenal movie. I don't know exactly what I think about it personally yet, but I really liked it. And it brought emotions out of me that I haven't felt in a movie before. So that's something special. And then on this watch... I realized that on first watch, like not knowing the ending, I was so worried that she would like cheat on him that I kind of missed the big picture of the whole of, of, of the past lives and about the true deeper connection between these people. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I think I just, I think I got it this time. Um, also when they're getting drunk and the dude goes to pour more, um, more alcohol into his cup and he sits there for like five seconds staring at it and nothing comes out really made the <laughs> okay. movie for me. That's, <laughs> that's what, that's good. what it is. <laughs> that's He's it. Sitting there for like 10 seconds, just staring drunk off it. his ass. Just trying to, yeah, I recognize <laughs> this in audio podcast. He's turned the bottle up upside down and nothing is coming out. Yeah. yeah. And he's just waiting for more. Hey, um, Jackson got his character arc. He recognized that it's an audio completed. podcast. Character arc completed. Yay. I win. It's too bad I'm going to regress because this comes out before the Oscars episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> got his fucking thumbs up thing. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Next guys. week he'll forget. Um, he'll be yeah, this I'll forget yeah. next week. He'll yeah. be back. Um, yeah. Um, five stars. Oh yeah! This is my second favorite movie of the year, behind none other than Oppenheimer. Wow! (laughs) Oppenheimer quota hit. Nolan quota. Nolan quota. Three mentions today, baby. Wow! Two of them were tenant. That's bonus points. Bonus points for tenant always. It it gives a times two each time tenant is mentioned. Exactly. Yes. Is this count as three? No, you're no. no. Okay. Joey, go ahead. Tenet, 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 tenet. Um, <laughs> well, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, uh, I'm not ready. So I wrote down, I'm so not ready for this. And uh, I wasn't. I'm going to be honest. Um, uh, to go along with Jackson's funny pouring the drink bit, uh, I think it's funny that they had an Attack on Titan statue made of metal. 
doing the, the doing the yeah. The I know. Oh the shit! Oh, the yeah. statue looks like a, the guy from Attack on Titan. Love that. Um, but yeah. Other than that, I just got you know some things that I want to briefly mention. The the this is one of the things that I think I find most relatable about Greta Lee's character. Um, it's it's her waning um, ambition. How it how yeah. it dwindles down from Nobel Prize to Pulitzer to Tony. It gets smaller yeah. as it goes along. And that's just an easy way to show it. But it's also evident in her performance, evident in um, every other aspect of her life. And that's just, that's a great, great portion of her, of her character. Um, I think that one of the most heartbreaking lines um, that we haven't mentioned is when Sung's Taesung, right? Yeah. Okay. His character is uh, is talking about how Greta Lee's character to him is someone who leaves and that line hurts like crazy, but it doesn't hurt as much as when he says to Arthur, you're someone who stays. Yeah. And it's just like how how Arthur Arthur says, I can't compete. Mm-hmm. This is kind of him saying that he can't compete with Arthur. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's like they have a mutual respect for each other. And yeah. he also says that it hurts so bad um that he actually likes Arthur. Um the window scene at the end i didn't really get um on the first watch i thought that they should have cut after the long take with greta lee but then they cut to him in the car Mm -hmm. after and the window's like half rolled down Mm -hmm. and i now know why that's in there and i know the reasoning for it and it's just his closure because she gets her sad but you know hopeful closure um with magaro but Mm -hmm. he if you if you leave it there he does not get anything and he's just left but that's him having the same optimism that he had when they were kids when that same exact shot was used when he was in the car with her so it's almost like he's in there with the memory of her because she's she talks about how she left that 12 year old um part of her with him and now she's leaving another part of her with him and he's taking Mm -hmm. it back with him um now leaving it here with the greatest line in the entire movie uh see you then yeah after he says see you in the next life pretty much um yeah i've been saying it for a while i expected this to go up to a five star um, and it pains me so much to say this, but it stayed at a four and a half. Oh my gosh. Me. My God. Don't be Bro. bad at me. I can't Bro. help it. After all that. It's so, it's ruined so the good. Bang. It's so good. How are we going to have a so 14.5 banger? Oh my God. 
You don't understand. I do understand. <laughs> it's so good. There, there are just moments in here that still just don't hit as hard as something. Maybe it's because I just watched Anatomy of a Fall, and Anatomy of a Fall is just the greatest thing I've seen in that's understandable. Uh, yeah. So damn long, but it just. I'm not going to tear into you for giving a movie a four point five. Ever. Yeah. I'm I wouldn't give, I wouldn't tear into you if you gave it yeah. a two point five. Jackson, well, um, this is still yeah. my second favorite movie of the year. This is still um, an absolute masterpiece of a movie, and it's as close as it can get to a five star. But right now, it's not, and I think that it will yeah. go up eventually. It feels like one of those movies that my connection to it will grow over yeah. time. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right now, I'm at a four and a half. Yeah. God fucking damn it. Fuck this movie. Um, this is the greatest thing ever made. But uh, we have another episode this month. So we yes. got to pick something between the three of us. Um, we wanted something for this last uh, week that we had, we all kind of felt was comforting. Um, just something that was really warm hug feeling for all of us. Um, Which I need after this. I don't know about y'all. Exactly. Um, so we got together after one of our recordings very, 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 very late at night and deliriously discussed what we were going to pick. And there were a lot of things thrown around. Um, I, I believe when Harry met Sally was a possibility, um if you guys can remember a couple others off the top no moonfall we were gonna do we thought about moonfall. yeah we again. were gonna rewatch thought moonfall. About the mummy too the mummy too obviously yeah yeah um yeah. what else we think about ryan gosling's um, drive before sunrise drive before sunrise before was sunrise was okay, yeah, before, idea before, before sunrise was we also yeah. thought about like joker fuck off um, okay. <laughs> I think right. Wally was thrown around as well. Wally was Wally thrown was around. A Wally was. We had so seen him really recently. But what we ended up going with was a director that all of us really find comforting and really warm. Yes. Um, someone we all really love that we've been trying to get on this show since the beginning and just haven't been able to squeeze him in. Um, Finally. And this is kind of the perfect place to do it. So uh, next week, coming out Thanksgiving night, uh, which is kind of fitting. Um, Ready for Black Friday. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. This is the most Thanksgiving non- Dude, it is. The most Thanksgiving Thanksgiving movie movie ever. Ever, yeah. Yeah. We're watching Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's going to work out nicely. Yeah, it's going to be The most comforting director of all time. Absolutely. Um, with the exception of uh, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, of course. Jackson, your bit. Oh yes. Awful. Gotta love. Gotta love that. <laughs> Todd Phillips, a the Hangover of W. The Hangover Three. Yeah. I love um, the Hangover. Okay. So, next week, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um. Please go watch Past Lives. That's my final thoughts on this. Well, yeah, if you haven't seen Past Lives. If you haven't seen Past Lives, you should have uh, seen it by now. 
Yeah. You should yes. not have listened to us talk about it for an hour. Yeah. Nope. But also, it's the greatest movie of all time. So. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, yes. Any yes. final thoughts before we go? <laughs> nope. Nope. Yes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. I'll smell Bond. you later in the next one. Bon. Get moving. It's on. not even that late. Get reaching. And y'all are already delirious. Yeah, it's moon. after midnight, dog. It's, okay. It's whatever. It's, it's the crazy moon frog. fell. The moon okay. fell. Oh, wow. We'll Let's see go. you guys next week Bye. for Fantastic Bye. Mr. Fox. Bye. Bye. See you guys next week for Fantastic Bond. Mr. Fox. Yes. Bon. 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 Can you say bon. can, you, can you say bye, please? Bon. Bye, Bon. <laughs> say it one time. Bye, Bon. Bye. <laughs> One time. Bye, Bon. Bye. Bon. <laughs>